All right, we're live, everyone. Uh, welcome to the Remarketing Podcast, where we focus on tech, real estate, entrepreneurship, and business leadership. My name is Scott Slachter. I'm your host for this episode. And today, we have a, a second appearance from someone who's been on this podcast before. We're happy to welcome back uh, Jocelyn Stahoviak. Did I say that right? Uh, Stahoviak, but very, very close. Very close, very close. Jocelyn's the CEO of Game Changer Academy, which is an online fitness academy specializing in individualized and tailored uh, fitness and health programs for realtors, agents, uh, investors, and high-level professionals. She's very passionate about helping people with very busy schedules maintain a healthy lifestyle and nutrition and make sure they're staying active to keep their body and minds healthy. So Jocelyn, welcome back to the podcast. We're glad to have you on again. Uh, so if you want to, can you tell us what everyone you've been up to, uh, tell everyone what you've been up to uh, since the last time you were on? Yeah, um, well, thank you, first of all, for having me back. I loved being on here and I always love, you know, bringing more and more value to those out there who are struggling to get their fitness in check as long as well as you know, with their business, because it does get kind of difficult trying to juggle the two and finding time for that. Uh, what I've been working on recently is some uh, interesting new uh, programs because summer is around the corner. So working <laughs> on some programs that really help, you know, shed that summer weight, some of that, sorry, that winter weight, and also not spend hours in the gym, you know, um, nobody really has time to spend like more than an hour or two hours in the gym. So finding very efficient ways to work out, get your nutrition in check, and also lose that fat for summer because everybody's got those travel plans. We all have vacations coming up. Um, so it's very important to also have a plan while you're on vacation as well so that we don't backtrack and lose all of our progress. So that's just a few things that I've been working on there. Okay. That's, that's, that's actually uh, something really interesting. I wanted to ask, as you were, you were saying, I was thinking like, what is one of the, the biggest challenges you think for getting uh, an efficient workout routine? And I know you work a lot with entrepreneurs who very much, especially in the real estate space, have a changing schedule day to day. I know for myself personally, I'll be working on something and then I'll get a message and I'm like, Hey, we need to jump on a zoom meeting now. And I'm like, Oh, great. Now I got to shift this around. I got to move this. And sometimes for us, it's hard to figure out, okay, now when I get to that 40 minutes, you know, 45 minutes to an hour, and how do I make sure uh, all that time counts? Like it's going to lead me towards the goals for my level of fitness. Yeah. Uh, that's a great question. So I always think of it this way. So you know, we're going to have busy weeks and we're going to have, you know, not so busy weeks. So it's good to have um, kind of like a plan B when it comes to your workout schedule. Um, you know, that could go down to, you know, regular week schedule. I plan on working out four times a week. You know, I'm going to split up the workouts, do like a push, pull, leg or, you know, chest and tries, back and buys, split it up however that is, but on your backup plan, um, just getting full body workouts in, being very efficient. Maybe you can only work two to three times a week on those extra busy weeks. Um, and then just have those full body workouts. So at least you're working out every single muscle. Um, cause that's, what's okay. important is that you're working out all the muscles and, uh, 
with those full body workouts, the great thing about it is you could, you know, really get a good workout in, in a short amount of time, like 15 minutes to 20 minutes, to even 30 minutes, uh, depending on the type of workout you do. So just having that backup plan, like structure is the key here, right? Because our life has to be very structured to grow our business. So also having our fitness there, it has to be very structured. So having two plans um, is something that really helps. Another thing would be to, um, and I always tell people to when they first join Game Changer Academy is to track their time for a whole week, see where they spend time doing what, because you'd be surprised how much free time you could spare up when you realize that you're spending so much time on social media or, you know, watching TV here and there and finding out the time of the day that you, that time is more in your control. Usually that happens to be in the morning. So maybe throwing your workout in the morning when you have more control over your time, Um, maybe it's the evening, you know, maybe you stop working after a certain time and you don't have family and then you could do it because sometimes the evening time is family time. Mm -hmm. Um, and doing that, uh, that could help too. Obviously on those extra busy weeks, you know, more sporadic, it's going to be more about making sure that you just get three workouts in minimum that week instead of setting your expectations so high so that when you don't reach that, you kind of feel bad. You're like, Oh, I've, I feel like I'm not going to make these gains in my fitness because mm-hmm. I didn't reach my five workouts this week. But you know, on those busy weeks, setting them, your expectations a little bit lower, just like having like a standard, you know, um, that if I hit this standard, this minimum, I will be happy. I'll be successful with my fitness and I'll be making progress towards it. And then, um, you know, on, when you reach that standard or you go higher then you feel even more accomplished with your fitness goals, does that make sense? Yeah, that, that definitely makes sense. I know I've been guilty myself of like, I try to work out, um, six days a week and I'm, right now I'm in a muscle building and strength training program that I follow. And I sometimes have missed days where I'm like, oh man, and I'm down on myself about it. And then that can very quickly spiral into you not getting mm-hmm. into the next session when you need to get your butt up and you need to get into that next session, even though you missed one, just like get up and keep mm-hmm. on going, stay on the path, uh, so to speak. But you are right. There's a huge point and something I've seen a lot of times, a lot of the same advice from other fitness uh, professionals, which is usually your best times in the morning. If you can get up before everybody gets up, however, that's been a real struggle for me. Do you have any advice for people? I mean, we struggle with getting up, like say 5 a.m. and then getting into the workout. Um, yeah, just so first of all, you want to focus obviously on your sleep and priming yourself to go to bed at a certain time. Um, get your body used to that, just like your body has to get used to working out. And once you start working out regularly, your body starts to crave it and you just feel that need to get, you know, active. Um, Same thing with your, your sleep cycle. So focusing on your sleep cycle, because then you can wake up earlier. um, If you're not a morning person, I'm not a morning person. I work out in the evening or mid afternoon, I would say. (laughs) Yeah. um, I don't know. My brain is awake in the morning and I'm like, okay, I could get a lot of work done. And I always feel like my body isn't awake in the morning. So finding out those times as well. Um, if you're just sporadically 
busy throughout the day, you can always uh, break your workouts, your workouts up into smaller sessions. Um, if it's an hour workout, you could break it into 30 minutes here, 30 minutes there. Um, you could break it into three uh, little sessions as well. Uh, I know if it's just strength training, some people are like, well, you know, I need to go hard for that entire time. But like I said, as long as you're working out your entire body each week, uh, you will see progress versus not doing anything at all. Obviously, uh, you're going to have those good weeks. You're going to have those bad weeks. But it's really just about getting the workout in sometimes. Because like you said, if you you know feel bad that you didn't get the workout in and that carries on to the next day and then you end up not working out for like the, maybe the next three days and then you just kind of lose a lot of progress there. So I think it's important that if you just break it out and then also just being active, finding ways to be more active um, throughout the day, increasing your activity level. A lot of us, you know, we're sitting at a computer or doing a lot of work. We need to find ways to be more active. So getting more steps in, uh, just being mindful of that. Sometimes just being mindful in general, you'd be surprised of all the creative ways that you pop up into your head of how to get more activity in. You know, if you're about to jump onto a call and you have like 10 minutes before the call, maybe like get some push-ups in, do like some dips. I don't know. Do a little, <laughs> do little workouts here and there. Maybe you have some dumbbells around you and you could like bust out a couple uh, presses or anything like that to kind of get active. Uh, hit workouts are obviously going to be a great thing to utilize. A lot of people love hit workouts. Um, and then even with hit workouts, those are like, those could be like 15 minute workouts and you could do those like four times throughout the day and that's only 15 minutes like everybody's got 15 minutes to spare you know um it's not as scary as looking at it as like a whole hour uh and then let's see any other piece of advice if you're someone who travels a lot uh mm-hmm. having a gym that has multiple locations is going to be something to definitely look at instead of just going to the same gym every single time sometimes it just works out better that way to have multiple locations especially if you're doing showings and stuff like that uh, and you're in a different part of town than you normally are in you know checking out having a game plan beforehand like oh you know what there's um, this gym that I go to they have another location where around where I'm going to be doing the showing so bringing your workout stuff you change your clothes in the car having all that ready Okay. So preparation is key. You mentioned uh, doing HIT to kind of compress time. I don't know if all of our listeners know what HIT is. I know what it is, but would you like to explain it? Just break it down briefly for our listeners so they kind of understand. Yeah. Uh, high intensity interval training. That is what HIT is. So that's when you see people jumping around doing all these crazy things. Right. Um, burning a lot of calories. Uh, I know depending on your goal, they could be structured differently. Uh, if your goal is fat loss, you know, you can be the crazy person jumping around or if it's muscle gaining, it's more about just uh, doing like, I would say a small little circuit. So like pretty much lining up uh, different workouts back to back and you do them one right after the other with the break after you complete each exercise and the break being like about maybe like a minute or so just catch your breath and then go back and do it again and then keep doing that for however many rounds um there's different styles of hit but to 
to not overcomplicate it. Just think about it as doing all these different types of workouts back to back uh, without with minimal or no rest in between mm -hmm. them. So you could be doing, uh, let's see, like everybody hates burpees, but burpees are, are really like oh, the best. Yeah. They're the best to burn uh, calories. They get your heart rate up fast. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. But they, they really are. They, they burn the, the most calories per minute per ex for any exercise out there. So they do burn a lot of wow. calories. You could do burpees and then combine it and say you carry around like some dumbbells or kettlebells with you, something, some sort of weight that's, you mm. know, easily accessible that you could travel around with, do burpees and then just do some squats holding, you know, your dumbbells and the squats. You could like go into a press with it at the end, uh, work out the whole body, you know, it's always great to get total body workouts in whenever we're crunched for time because it's just important to work out all the muscles versus, you know, neglecting anything because you want to be, you want to be balanced. You know, if you work out one muscle group more than the other, it kind of throws you off and have, gives you bad posture. And, you know, as we get older, posture is more and more important, you know, so that we don't get all those aches and pains. Um, and getting up and moving around is easier. So total body workouts, utilizing that is definitely what you want to do. Um, you could easily search hit workouts on the internet, or, you know, you would check out one of my social media pages and I post Jocelyn. lots of workouts there. Yeah. She'll, she'll post... show you how to do it. Mm -hmm. I used to do, uh, when I came home from work, I used to do uh, high knees and then 10 push-ups. The high knees for 30, 10 push-ups, and I go like 10 rounds. So by the end of it, I've done 100 push-ups, and I've probably been doing some high intensity for about 10 minutes, a little over 10 minutes. And that that was killer. When I've spent mm -hmm. weeks not doing it, and then went back into doing it, it killed me. I'm like, ah, oh, I can't do this. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's intense. And and the thing is, a lot of people don't think about, um, you know, body weight workouts are they can really build muscle depending on the variations you do because you say you do push-ups well imagine doing those push-ups but your your feet are raised on something like a sofa so now you're doing it at an angled position and now you're working out your upper chest and that right. brings a different type of variation there and you know depending on how you instead of just going straight and like busting out as many as you can as fast as you can you know focus on fighting gravity uh you know bringing different types of intensities in there it really helps, uh, you know, work the muscles out. Yeah, I, I've always loved body weight exercise because I don't go to the gym. I have my own equipment here at my place. So I have um, an adjustable dumbbell set that goes from five pounds to 50. So I'll use those and yes. I have a foldable bench. So I'm not hitting maybe the numbers that I would get if I went to a gym. Uh, before getting back into the strength training, I was working on advanced calisthenics. So I was doing tuck mm -hmm. flange holds. I was doing a one tuck lever. And these are stuff that you would see a gymnast do, but you could definitely challenge your body with just body weight alone uh, with some mm -hmm. of these more challenging exercises. The thing I love about it is you don't need a gym. If you're traveling, you can still make time in your day to do some of these harder variations. Give yourself the workout you need. All of them are compound movements too. So they work multi more than one muscle group and you can get a full body workout in uh, pretty easily. I, I find that works for my busy schedule, although I did take six months off and I will say, and I don't know if you have experience with this, but six months without working out and my strength dropped like I wouldn't believe. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
I was doing 50 push-ups easy. I had a hard time knocking out 10. Yeah. And then the, just the mindset of getting back into it as well as a challenge. It's a, what did I read some study once or no, I learned this when I was in a, in college uh, that women, if we take two weeks off, we lose about 50%, 40 to 50% of our strength gains. Take one week off. It's like, yeah, two weeks. And for men, it's like, I know, I know it's crazy. It's because we don't um, produce as much testosterone. It doesn't preserve muscle the way men, men do. Men, it's about like 20 to 30%. That's still a lot in two weeks. Mm -hmm. Like that explains that death. So Mm -hmm. I've been working my way gradually. And I would say that to anyone listening, if you are not working out right now, don't jump into the heavyweights or the challenging exercises. Start small, please. Yeah. um, And it really takes two weeks to get, get it back too. So it's, it's really, your body has a great way of remembering how to work out if you worked out regularly. So getting it back, it's not hard. You just have to do it consecutively for two weeks straight and you'd be surprised how much you gain back. So it's not a whole, Oh my goodness. Like I'm never going to get this back. I lost six months of progress. Uh, it's just your, your body kind of forgets how to do certain exercises. Um, the way I don't want to overcomplicate it to the audience, but pretty much your brain has a way to communicate to the muscles Mm -hmm. and that communication, like it it kind of forgets how to do that, but it picks it up real quickly within two weeks. And once it could communicate to the muscles, then all your strength gains just come flowing back really easily okay yeah that reminds me there's a a a program in navy seal created to double your reps on an exercise within two weeks and it 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 essentially was saying when he came up with it by understanding when he was going through their hell week they did a lot of push-ups he's you know at the end of that whole period of time he said i got really good at doing Mm push-ups it was just your body got good at doing it the other part is your muscles adapted and became stronger so there's two sides to that where your body's getting good at it. And if you take the time off, your body is not good at it anymore and your muscles are weak. So you're having to yeah. go through both again, which is where I find myself today. But thankfully, I'm doing Yeah, this. it's called uh, it's called neuromuscular adaptation. There you if go. If you want to know the, the science you word, find it. I love that kind of stuff. <laughs> I'm a big okay. science person. I love that, that all that thing. I bring some of the, the acronyms up. I think that's something that's, very confusing to people getting into fitness for the first time. They hear acronyms like HITS or DOMS or NEAT. Mm-hmm. And they are like, what is this? And I like them. I think they're cool, but it can be very confusing for someone to. And navigate. yes. And then kind of going off of, you mentioned NEAT. So uh, just something going off that. And that's more about your calories you burn when you're not mm-hmm. doing work, when you're not working out, just so y'all know, um, you know, your total calories that you burn throughout the day, exercise only accounts to about like five, maybe 10% of that. So especially being someone who is busy and doesn't have the time to spend in the gym, like someone who uh, just has all the free time, they need to dial in even harder on their nutrition, um, more so than most people. And that's where you'll really see, you know, 
yourself reaching those fitness goals, whether that be muscle building or, or fat loss, you just really need to dial in on the nutrition. And that's kind of the secret behind it. Um, you know, with working out with the total body workouts, that's great, but really nutrition is the key. You know, they always say it's 80% and it definitely is, but more so for us. Yes. Yes. I'm so glad you brought that up. Something that comes up with people that I know very well. Um, I, I let them know point blank when they start out a routine that you're maybe burning, if it's strength training or hypertrophy training, you're maybe burning 300 calories, maybe four. If you're doing mm-hmm. some high intensity cardio, it could be more and you can burn significantly more calories that way. But you have to get the, the most of it is in your nutrition. Like that's just, it's what you put mm-hmm. in your body. I've, there was an old saying, it goes garbage in, garbage out. Yeah. And then that's why I was saying being mindful of your activity levels throughout the day. That's how you also raise that calorie burn throughout the day. Because I think that's about 30% uh, neat is what it's called non-exercise um, activity or something like that. Pretty much yeah. when you're not working out, the, the calories you burn from being active throughout the day, from moving my hand to sitting here to, to anything. So finding ways to increase that because that's 30, about 30%. So, you know, taking the stairs instead of the elevator, uh, parking at yeah. the end of the parking lot, when you got to go grocery shopping, um, just little things like that really do add up tracking your steps, you know, that will add up as well. Doing the, the push-ups while you're waiting for a sales call, you know, <laughs> like busting out a couple right there, busting out a couple burpees here and there. Uh, it all adds up to your daily activity level uh, raising. And that's what you want to raise because if you actually track your steps, you'll see most of us, we're very sedentary. Yeah, <laughs> we're actually pretty sedentary. Yeah. <laughs> Behind a computer or a desk all day. Mm-hmm walking around the office, you know, finding ways to walk around the office. And um, if you're in an office, just being mindful, consciously aware of, huh, how can I be more active? What, what is something I could do to be more active right now? You know, things like that, just like you would when you're eating healthier and you're mindful of, you know, huh, how can I, you know, clean up my diet a little bit? Oh, I'll take sodas out, stuff like that, little things like that, but more on the realm of the fitness side. Okay. So trying to add in, uh, personally, I've done walking from the end of the parking lot for a long time. Now I am, I got out of shape in high school, like really bad. Mm -hmm. And at 19, I was like, Whoa, what happened? I was always in pretty decent shape. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was in martial arts since I was six and competitive sparring and my schools closed up about 16, 17. And I just kept eating like I was competing all the time Mm -hmm. and eating like a whole pizza to myself. And you know, you put on the pounds and you're just sitting there hanging out. So I saw it. I was like, <laughs> I got to get back on it. So I started doing things like I cut out soda, cut out snacks. I started only eating whole foods and, mm-hmm. and I park at the end of the parking lot and walk those little things. It took me a long time to put it all together myself though. So do you have any advice for someone who doesn't maybe have access to a personal trainer at the moment or, and they're, they're trying to just figure out something to do? Yeah. And just going off of that real quick, it's crazy. Um, You know, I really wish there is better information out there that teaches us how we need to feed and move our body as we get older, because we have to do it differently as we get older. Obviously, Uh, when we're young, we could do 
anything. We could throw our bodies through hell and be perfectly fine. Yeah. And sometimes I'll watch like uh, some of these athletes, the the extreme athletes uh, okay. doing the crazy flips and stuff. And then I see them fall and I'm like, oh, you're going to feel that when you're 30. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I couldn't do that now. I would never do that now. But, you know, moving in um, your body differently and feeding your body differently as you as you age. And, you know, you could find this by finding a reliable source, someone who's credible, someone and just, you know, following them, following their podcasts, following, reading their books. Um, you could hire someone, a mentor, a coach. Uh, just make sure that you do your research and they're credible and that they're the, that you believe in what they believe in as well, because everyone has a little bit um, different ways of teaching things and they're not wrong. As long as it's not unhealthy, as long as you're not restricting yourself from something like someone's telling you, oh, you need to give up certain food groups or anything like that, because you definitely don't like every macro carbs, fats, proteins, they all have a purpose. Mm-hmm. Um but it's more about, do you believe in that type of lifestyle and does it fit your lifestyle? Like, for example, I don't teach uh, keto, but I'm not against people who do keto the right way um, because I have done keto before and I have done vegan and vegetarian and all that. And they're all great, but they're just not for me. It's not the lifestyle that I want. So you need to make sure that you believe in whoever you're following, whoever you're seeking advice from, that you believe in their fundamental principles, you know, mm-hmm. um, that's very important. Obviously, there's so much information out there. So it's kind of like yeah. hard to find someone you trust. So that's why I say, uh, you know, look at, you know, if they're a coach, look at their client results, see how long they've been doing this, do your research um, on them because instead of just looking at their body and being like, Oh, I want that. And then that's literally as much research as you do, like really do your research on them because you, someone like us, we can't fake it. You know, if we, if we believe in it, we definitely can't fake it. Um, I've definitely seen some coaches or coaches I would say more like influencers um who are now having legal things brought their way because they get plastic surgery and they claim that it's you know fitness and stuff like that but if you actually look at their content you know versus just looking at their body and being like wow they look great like I'm gonna listen to them but actually like read their content you're gonna be like whoa I don't agree with that like this is doesn't make sense and just really looking at testimonials and things like that um just with anything you get into you always want to make sure you do your research right oh absolutely um and I'll, I'll say this before we we move any forward to just so that way everyone knows listening anything we say on here if you re- decide to go try it out number one like Jocelyn said do your research number two check it over with your doctor especially if, as mm-hmm. you're getting older, uh, because we're, I'm not a medical doctor. I'm not a practice. I know you were doing some pre-med stuff, I think before. Yes. You have yes, more experience I'm... than I do, but always, yes. <laughs> always check it over. We have to put that disclaimer out there. It's like same thing with getting legal advice. I'm not a lawyer. Mm-hmm. I just play one on TV. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yes, but that's uh, always important. Always make sure that you, before you start any even any fitness routine, even going to a gym that you always make sure that 
you are healthy, your doctor has cleared you because uh, I, yeah, I'm not a doctor e- either, but even if I was, I would still tell you to go to your doctor because your yeah. doctor, you have a relationship with and they know your history. And that's yeah. the thing, like, cause you know, you gotta, it's a, a relationship and your health is through an entire timeline. So your doctor is gonna know exactly what you need. Um, versus someone new who doesn't know anything about you so um oh you're you're totally right always go to the doctor that's all right um, so <laughs> you were talking about like some of the influencers you know they're promoting certain things what's something you see as a trend out there to be aware of or to steer clear from like how would somebody who has no idea what they're doing they're just getting into their research phase to see what resonates with them what are some red flags that you would give them the lookout for to, to kind of alert them like this person really isn't a reliable source of information. Oh, yeah. Uh, so first of all, anybody that tells you to eat less than 1200 calories. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, Octavia. Um, anyways, uh, <laughs> I don't like them, but I don't, I don't agree with, I don't agree with feeding yourself less than 1200 calories just because our body needs so much calories, our energy, our body needs so much of it just to function and -hmm. and be alive, support a healthy metabolism for our our organs to, uh, to function properly and 1200 calories for what less than that for a woman is definitely a no go 1400 calories for a man. Um, I even say is less than less than is definitely not something that you want to search out for. If you feel like you're starving, like you start something and you feel like you're starving or you feel drained of energy, you're not supposed to feel like that when you're feeding your body properly. Uh, You're supposed to feel good. Obviously giving yourself two weeks because with anything new, we got to give ourselves two weeks to to really like get used to it for our bodies to get adjusted to that. Um, You know, if you, are a heavy soda drinker and you cut soda out, obviously, you know, soda is not good for you. So if you cut soda out, you're still going to have some sort of withdrawal and that's going to take about two weeks. So, okay. um, our body normally takes about two weeks to adjust to anything. Now, after the two weeks, you still feel like sluggish. You feel like, like crap, right. And you're mm-hmm. starving and it just doesn't feel good. Then listen to that. Go off of that. Your body is communicating with you your body can't communicate with you through words so it uses things like hormones and and cravings and feelings to communicate with you so really listening to your body and knowing that this doesn't feel right like it just you feel like you're dying almost starving (laughs) and then also also anybody that tells you that you have to give up a food group like and by food group, I mean, carbs, proteins, fats. Um, I wouldn't listen so much to that. Now you could argue, oh, keto says you you can't have like so many carbs, blah, blah, blah. They don't necessarily give it up. They just limit it to a very, very small amount, but they're not giving it up. Um, so that's another red flag to look out for. Uh, I will say, Another thing is uh, when it comes to weight loss, losing a lot of weight uh, in a short amount of time is is unhealthy. And 
that's not including like when you first start a program, because when you first start a program, you do lose a bunch of weight, but that's normally mm -hmm. inflammation that we're hanging on to. And depending how unclean you were eating before, how much processed food you're eating before depends how much of that initial weight drop you'll have. But mm -hmm. what is considered healthy is considered losing about one to two pounds a week um, for fat loss, for weight loss. So just keep that in mind, you know, you could lose maybe like 10 pounds the first few weeks, totally normal. But after that, it should come down to a slow, steady progress of about one to two pounds. Um, anything more than that, that's normally when you'll see people end up gaining the weight back plus more after the end, because your body what it does is it thinks it's starving. So it starts releasing hormones to make you hungrier and it's trying okay. to fight against it. It's like, Hey, we need food, you know? So then when you stop that, whatever you're doing diet, you start eating and eating and eating and you gain it all back. Um, mm. and that's when you see that, that yo-yo dieting. So that's something to watch out for. Um, another thing are just, uh, really big claims because fitness and and weight loss and even muscle gaining it's a, it's a journey it's um you know it took you a while to get to where you're at it's going to take you a while to get out of that exactly you know? yep. <laughs> so there's no quick fix it's not like a, oh lose 10 pounds in one week by doing this supplement or something like that um big claims like that are red flags i would do some serious research if you're looking into that person as a source of information and they're making a lot of large claims like that, start looking more into them and see how valid those claims are uh, before you start anything, before you put anything in your body, supplements or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, just because a lot of those supplements that do end up making you lose a lot of weight really quick, really quickly are not so great for your body in the long term. Um, so it's always about long-term health because nobody wants yeah. to get old and then end up being in a wheelchair for the last 10 years of their life. Right. Nobody thinks about yeah. that, but nobody wants that when we get there. Oh, oh exactly. And some of the, the pre-workouts things that I've seen, the stuff that's in them can be uh, pretty, even if you use them for a long period of time, you were saying something earlier in there and I'm glad you brought up when I was preparing for this interview, and looking through your social media to see what kind of content you posted. And you posted a video where you said, oh, you lost 10 pounds on this diet. It was pretty much all water weight and inflammation. <laughs> I was dying because that's what I tell everybody. And the same thing when it comes to muscle building. If you've never trained before, you, you might put on 10 pounds of muscle in a month. Like if you've mm -hmm. never trained before, sure. Newbie gains. <laughs> right, newbie gains. But after you've kind of hit that point, it's maybe a pound a year, two pounds a year. To see mm -hmm. like just a little bit adding on, at least if you're doing it naturally and weight loss, I read the same thing, you know, about a pound, two pounds a week. And it's, it's very slow. It's, it's, a, it's a marathon. It's not a race, but your body does adjust when you're eating a diet that's good for you to shedding a lot of water weight because you were holding on to a lot of water and then inflammation. I'm wondering, have you ever heard of uh, Michaela Peterson? Mm, I haven't. So uh, there's a psychologist uh, that I follow. Her daughter, his daughter, her name is Michaela. Uh, she has her own podcast as well. She eats strict carnivore. She had a very, very a severe autoimmune condition where so she dealt with mm -hmm. inflammation her whole life, had a hip replacement, several joint replacements before she was even 17. 
And she, through her diet, was able to basically cure it all. And she, for her, it was carnivore. For everyone's a little bit mm-hmm. different. Um, what was that? She said in her journey with that, she dropped three pant sizes, but didn't drop weight because it was all inflammation, which surprised mm-hmm. me. She went down three pant sizes in the course of, let's say, a month or so. But when she weighed herself, she weighed exactly the same amount. So a lot of times you could be losing weight or losing size, and it's just because your body's inflamed because of everything you're eating. That, that was a huge, like, it blew my mind. I'm like, really? That extreme? That, it's crazy how much our body will hang on to. Um, that's why it's always important to not base everything around the scale. Um, you know, doing the way you measure your progress should be how you look in the mirror. If anything, measuring a circumference with a measuring tape around your, your midsection, around your chest, around your arms, around your, your waist, uh, your hips the areas that we tend to hold a lot of inflammation Mm -hmm. for women, it's around the hips for men, it's the belly. And, um, I believe around the chest area as well. Mm -hmm. So doing those kind of measurements shows you that, Hey, you know, I'm losing either inflammation, body fat and building muscle versus the scale. Because, um, if any of y'all have ever seen what five pounds of body fat looks like, versus five pounds of muscle it's a huge difference muscle could five pounds of muscle is about like this I don't know if we're doing video or audio here but it's about like maybe two hands right um yeah. and then five pounds of fat it's like I don't even know it's it's huge I, I can't even describe it it's like a boulder like it's <laughs> crazy like the difference you know so just Remember that if you're also, you know, strength training, which you should be doing uh, when you're losing body fat. So you're also putting on muscle at the same time. And the muscle is much heavier than, than fat is. Mm-hmm. It's about the body composition than it is about the scale. Obviously, if you have a, a good amount of weight to lose, I would just not weigh in every day because your weight will fluctuate depending mm-hmm. on how much sleep you got, depending on how much water you drank the day before, how clean your diet was, it'll fluctuate. But what you want to see is looking at it at a week to week view or a month to month view and seeing that it's slowly decreasing, that it's at, um, if you look at it like a graph, like it's going down okay. versus every single day where it's going up and down, up and down, you know, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I think there's a lot of people, especially, I would say, probably predominantly women who are really focused on their their physical appearance that will look at the scale and obsess over the number every single day. Uh, my mm-hmm. mother was one of those. She was overweight for a significant period of time, and she struggled and struggled with losing, and she was obsessive about it. Uh, where Versus guys, they want to get bigger and stronger for the most part. That's usually their goal, and, and to trim yeah. down some fat. But, for, for men, I would say a great way to to um you know look at that when it comes to strength gaining is to keep track of you know when you're working out how many reps of what you did your mm-hmm. your weight uh because you want to see that go up higher it's called your PR your yes. personal record you want to see that go up because that's showing you that you are in fact building more muscle because you're getting stronger so you need more muscle there um and then also, you did say, yeah, 
to gain, like, I think what is considered really fast uh, muscle gaining for someone who's been working out for, I wouldn't say a lot, maybe like a year, be like Mm -hmm. one to two pounds a month. That would be really fast. But if you've been working out for a year, anything more like three years, it's going to decrease to be much slower the longer you've been working out. Right, absolutely. And we all have a genetic, it's another thing for people to consider. We all have a genetic cap. You're only going to get so far, you know, your genes mm-hmm. tell you where it's going to stop. And at some point you have to be okay with that. If you want to be all natural. I know yeah. there's guys <laughs> that get involved in, I think it was, there was an interview I saw way back where there was a guy who thought most bodybuilders were natural and then some were doing like steroids. And he goes, no, they're pretty much all doing it. Yeah, and they take a, they take a whole bunch of supplements too, and it's it's crazy the amount they have to take supplements for their organs to take supplements. Yeah. <laughs> like, crazy. They keep their organs That's healthy to take supple- more supplements. You know. Oh my god. <laughs> like, I was just at a bodybuilding um, event this past weekend, so just listening to all of them, they're like, "Oh, I need more liver supplements because your liver, you know, that's where all the supplements are." filtered through your liver like I gotta get liver supplements to take so that I could take these supplements I'm like oh my gosh that's a lot (laughs) these guys bodies are gonna be wrecked I mean they know it too they know they're Mm -hmm. they're sacrificing themselves because they love the the competition which I don't think it's healthy in the long term especially if you're a busy entrepreneur that probably shouldn't be your goal to look like that just looking good in the mirror feeling like you have energy and being active and mobile i think it's It's all about yeah and you know there's there's extremes of it like you know eating disorders being on one extreme body dysmorphia being on the other extreme um you know really taking care of your mental health and once you learn to love yourself all the extremes you're like okay i don't care if i look like the magazine person or the bodybuilder you know as long as you look healthy and you feel comfortable in your own skin and obviously like you said having the energy to keep up with this kind of lifestyle is very important as well yeah there was I was working in schools years ago I mentioned before we jumped on that I worked with uh, disabled kids in in the schools and some of the the kids that I worked with were they were more mildly disabled so they were in regular ed classes and there was Mm -hmm. a health teacher I saw one year the best health teacher I ever saw he was big on both of the boys and the girls with disordered eating because this school district's uh, main sport was wrestling and wrestling. Some wrestlers get into some big eating disorder issues. They're oh, yeah. eating a ton of pizza or they've got the trash bag on and they're only drinking water and not enough electrolytes. And then girls in general, because there's a, a big in the media, there's a big pressure for w- women and girls to look a certain kind of way or reach an unrealistic ideal. And he said, he said, eat the rainbow, eat whole foods as close to unprocessed as possible. And he said, go by how you feel and your clothes fit you. Because otherwise, that's the stuff you're seeing on the magazines or in movies. It's unrealistic for the average person. Um, the majority of those people are paid to look like that. They focus mm-hmm. almost all day on just looking like they look. He said, just go by how you feel, your energy level. Your clothes fit you good, then you're all right. You're feeling sluggish. I was like, that's good. And he was really on top of him about it. He said, you don't want to lose. Another thing he said that was really cool. He said, you don't want to lose weight. You want to lose fat and you want to build or strengthen muscle. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I like this guy. I really like this guy. <laughs> 
Yes, he's totally correct. Um, it's always about body composition, not about the scale. Um, and I've seen how crazy those wrestlers get. I used to be a trainer for, for wrestling. Oh, wow. So I've seen the crazy things that they do. And I'm just like, wow, that is so unhealthy. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely going to affect you on the long term and your metabolism. It's going to definitely slow as you get older because of that. So the main focus around anything should be health. Um, not the the fat loss and the whole getting your body to the physique that you want it to be at will come naturally if you focus yeah. anything you enter around health and what makes my body feel good. Um, you know, if what what's making you feel good is a, a Reese's one day, having a little Reese's one day, then have the Reese's. If, you know, having vegetables, you know, is going to make your body feel good another day, then have vegetables. Just don't restrict yourself because you think that, oh, if I want to look a certain way, I can't eat certain foods. That's so not true. It's more about over overeating than it is about anything else because if you notice when you restrict yourself from from your favorite foods I don't even like to call them good foods or bad foods I don't like the labels on that but your favorite foods uh when you restrict yourself then you overeat because you don't know when you're gonna have it again you treat it like a last supper kind of meal and you just go crazy but when you allow yourself you know the freedom of no longer having the guilt associated with bad foods quote unquote um <laughs> then then it kind of you you just stop when you when you feel that you've satisfied that craving like I have candy like every single day and I'm perfectly fine I'll have a Reese's every now and then because I keep saying Reese's because it's my favorite candy but uh I'll have a Reese's and then I'm like okay that craving's done I'm good for the rest of the day and then you know after that I definitely want to have something that makes my body feel good as in vegetables. I love Brussels sprouts. I eat them all the time and I, I just like it. It makes my body feel good. So just focusing on that. Cause obviously if you're having cheeseburgers three days, three days or three meals a day, uh, you know, that you feel bad after your energy is low mm -hmm. and you just don't feel good, but you know that when you're eating right and you're eating good foods that you actually enjoy then your your body's feeling better and better and you start wanting more of that you know focusing on you know just how your body's feeling versus you know how you should how you think you should be eating you know like a diet like I don't like diets because I feel like they're putting all, all these labels on things and all these rules on things but there shouldn't really be any rules or labels it should just be about how you feel okay does that make sense yeah oh yeah absolutely i've i've not i've not been a, a fan of diets for a long time because they seem to all they seem to all do the same thing anyways and then people get on them and off them because they're not they're not to that your lifestyle or how you like to eat where i naturally would intermittent fast like so mm -hmm. when i actually was doing it before it was called intermittent fasting and it came out and everyone's <laughs> like oh you got to do it i just didn't eat breakfast i had black coffee on the way into work like, so yeah. I, I didn't end up eating anything till about one, two o'clock in the afternoon. That's, that's kind of where <laughs> intermittent fasting is. So we just prolong that fasting period after you wake up without, you know, eating anything that's heavy in carbohydrates or that would stimulate insulin and stuff like that. 
I just did it naturally. Same thing like circuit yeah. training. I would do circuits <laughs> just kind of naturally because it fit through my day. But people will come out with a diet like it's the, the next best thing. And a lot of them do work because they make you consume fewer calories than you burn. So mm-hmm. you're naturally going to have some weight lost on all of them. And I mean, you can speak better to this, but I've always found consistency is the most important thing. If you're going to stay with it. I prefer to call it a nutrition or an eating plan because a plan is something yeah. you follow. A diet is something you jump off of later on. Yes, exactly. Uh, whatever has a timeline on it, like there's like, oh, I'm going to do it for so many weeks. That's that's a diet, you know, and he's, I always call it your nutrition as well. I don't like the word diet, but yeah. no, really about, it's all about sustainability. What can you see yourself doing forever? If you start a diet, can you see yourself doing that for the rest of your life? If you can't, then that's definitely not something that you need to be, to be doing. You just need to be eating based off of, you know, your body and your lifestyle and what works well, well for it. I do intermittent fasting as well. It tends to work great for people like us that just don't have that time. And I feel like it saves you time in the kitchen as well. It makes meal prep. Yeah, definitely. And it makes meal prep so much easier. Um, it just fits well with our lifestyle it along with all the other benefits that come with there's a whole mess of benefits that come with it about just for our brain health and making us sharper and smarter and that's things that we need uh you know as entrepreneurs dealing with stress better because our Mm -hmm. brain is healthier um so things that we need like I said as an entrepreneur intermittent fasting goes great with that but it's not for everybody and that's totally fine if it's not for them you know just eating basically just centering your focus around whole foods getting the processed stuff out you know the closer it is to its natural state the more nutritious it's going to be just think about it this way each time something goes through a process it's getting stripped of its nutritional value so if it keeps getting processed over and over and over things like white sugar and white flour are heavily processed there's almost no nutritional value to it so just remember that when you're looking at you know boxes of whatever that say organic on it you know yeah (laughs) the the label organic thinking you immediately think it's going to be healthy but if it's a heavily processing like organic potato chips okay they're not going to be healthy because they're potato chips and they've been processed so many times that there's no nutritional value maybe they use organic ingredients but those organic ingredients don't have any nutritional value because there's just it's so processed you know um so just centering around whole foods is the best way to go and when you center your nutrition around whole foods, like I said, you're naturally, you're going to feel that feeling that I keep talking about where I'm like, your body tells you, you know, what feels good and what doesn't. Um, like I said, center your nutrition around whole foods for like two weeks and you're going to feel exactly what I'm talking about because you're going to have energy after you eat. Like I know some people, you know, they say they get really tired after they eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, you really shouldn't be getting super, super tired after you eat. I, I mean, if it's a huge, huge meal, maybe, but if you have a very well-balanced meal full of vegetables and clean protein and carbohydrates that are, are good for you, not heavily processed carbohydrates, 
then you actually do quite the opposite and you have like a, a burst of energy because your body is like just got all these nutrients and it's like oh I feel great now you know so uh, it's not until we have things that are high in sugars and high in fats do we start to get that sluggish feeling after we eat uh, you should food should make you feel good that's what it's meant to do it's meant to nourish you Yes, that's very, that's so powerful. And it's something that we all need to be aware of when we go to the grocery store and we buy things. If you're not getting, you know, an onion or garlic, you're getting something that's bagged or in a bag, chances are it's had some kind of process to it. I did do, and I still do sort of a carnivore-ish diet when I do eat for some uh, gut health issues that I've had in the past. It seemed to cure it up. So I just, I'm staying the course, but I would try Mm -hmm. to find things that were friendly towards that way of eating. And I'm looking at beef jerky and there's sugar in it. I'm like, uh, there's sugar in everything. Stuff that has no business having sugar in it. The food industry is kind of sneak. Yeah, natural <laughs> yeah. flavors. Mm-hmm. They found a way to sneak in sugar. And I'm like, how? Would... I mean, like beef jerky, like it's salt, it's pepper and seasoning. And then you dry age it. I mean, if you want sugar, mm-hmm. like you're doing chicken teriyaki is like the marinade or you're doing teriyaki is the marinade. Okay, then I'd see it. But like. Pepper, salt and pepper. There's no business yeah. to have sugar in there. It's actually hard. I feel like it's harder nowadays to find jerky that doesn't have sugar in it. Yeah. It really is. Because I've tried to find that too. And I have to like go to special health food stores to get jerky that's like just jerky. <laughs> but yeah, there, I mean, the less ingredients, when you look at nutrition labels, the less ingredients, the better. If you can't pronounce something that's in it, it probably shouldn't be in there. Yeah, that was, that was um, a big one. And you mentioned them like every time they process, there's something that was on a long time ago. They were talking about Kellogg's cereal where they made Kellogg's cereal and then they realized there was no nutritional value. So they ended up having to artificially add nutrients into it. Oh my goodness. I did they not had, know that. Or it might have been cereal is a hard one because I know a lot of people like cereal, but y'all, cereal is really processed. <laughs> But I, I do get cereal every now and then because, like I said, I don't restrict myself. I, you know, life is meant to be enjoyed. We can have yeah. processed foods every now and then. Just don't center everything around the processed foods. So I like the, that Kashi cereal. Oh, yeah. Kashi. You know I love Kashi. Yeah. Kashi is Kashi good. Is I feel like brunch. they're high protein, too. And I like that a lot about that because um, I always feel like, you know, people who work out a lot, we're always like trying to get more protein in it's yeah. always hard to get protein in really but um and I I do say that I don't like I said I don't restrict myself but I do limit certain things like sugars and dairy for example too dairy is one that I definitely limit um things that are packaged like you said they got mm-hmm. preservatives in there and mm-hmm. you want to limit preservatives uh just go to the deli and get your meat tastes better anyways when it's fresh (laughs) yeah definitely I I typically go to the just the outside aisles I'll go to the butcher section get whatever cuts of meat or ground beef or chicken or whatever um Mm -hmm. you know sometimes I'll throw in vegetables or if I'm cooking for other people I'll cook something that's more normal and I end up eating my own cooking (laughs) yeah and you know another thing that a lot of people don't think about are the frozen foods actually um frozen food has come a long way and I'm talking about vegetables by the way not just like egos or anything like that um frozen vegetables have actually come a long way and being able to preserve the food and keep the nutritional value because that was always a big thing 
for a while. Yeah. So they, they typically, you know, freeze it right on spot. So it stops the, the process of the food. Um, let me say deteriorating from mm-hmm. oxygen and losing nutritional value over time. So if you're someone who's just like, Oh, I don't have time to chop all my vegetables and do all this and that, you know, just get some frozen vegetables or the pre-chopped stuff. There's pre-chopped stuff, but I know that is a little bit more pricier. So then mm-hmm. frozen vegetables are a great tool to use as well. Um, and you just throw that in, focus on like one pot recipes, one pan recipes. So you don't have to dirty all these dishes yeah feel like you're Betty Crocker in the kitchen with all this food (laughs) but um yeah just frozen vegetables are great I wouldn't really necessarily go towards frozen meats but frozen vegetables are great okay that's good to know so if anyone wants to get make sure they're getting their vegetables in there you don't have a lot of time before you you can get home to cook those things you can get your frozen vegetables they'll be good for a a lot longer than if you were to leave them in Mm -hmm. your fridge and have them fresh that's definitely good. I used exactly. to eat a lot of vegetables before going onto this diet. And that's one of the things that I did. And they're relatively cheap for a pack of frozen vegetables. You cut up broccoli, mm-hmm. like a dollar and change. You get a couple packs. Yeah. Throw them up in your I don't know how you do carnivore. Carnivore is expensive. Um, <laughs> Just to be carnivore. Be. I, find, I find cheaper cuts of meat. Like I'm not eating yeah. like, you know, they do like ribeyes and T-bones. I'm not doing that. Like it's like chocolate. Yeah. It's like, it's cheaper. It's ground beef. But I do wear eggs. I'm big on eggs, which are relatively inexpensive. Oh, I love, yes, I love eggs. When I uh, went plant-based, I I did vegetarian just because I couldn't give up eggs. I love eggs. (laughs) I'm not strict like like other people are, but it has helped my my medical. Doctors didn't know what was wrong with my Mm -hmm. intestinal health. I said, let me try it. And it worked. So I said, okay. But like I went out with my friend yesterday and we had Chinese food. So I had rice and broccoli and sesame chicken. Yeah. You know, I'll make it everybody everybody's a little bit different you know um like you said follow your doctor's orders first but for mm-hmm. the general population um getting your whole foods in is where you want to go obviously there's going to be people here and there that need a little bit different dietary um guidelines to follow but for most people just centering it around whole foods and uh something you said taking care of your gut your gut health yeah. is super, super important. That should also be a primary focus as well, um, just as health in general, because our gut is where we absorb all the nutrients. So if mm-hmm. we don't have a healthy gut, we're, we're absorbing bad things as well, along with the good things. So <laughs> we, uh, we want to have a healthy uh, gut. Yeah, definitely. I got a, a question. So mm-hmm. you, and I really love that your, your whole approach to nutrition, which is you're 85 to probably 95% of most of at least your fat loss, your body composition, the rest is supported by your training. So definitely get your, your training on point, but I love the fact that you're not about deprivation. Something I learned in psych, and that's my background, was something called dietary restraint. Where we were studying about uh, eating disorders. So we studied, you know, bulimia, anorexia, all that stuff. And we studied this thing called set point, which is the body's natural tendency towards one weight. Well, the other thing mm-hmm. was called dietary restraint. And that is exactly what you talked about before. So if you restrict yourself too much, you will go almost to an equal and extreme opposite once you do. And so it's been shown so many times in studies that depri- depriving yourself of something you enjoy eating will just almost guarantee you're going to overindulge when you get the chance. So how do you mitigate that 
Like, how do you set it? Because I know for me, I love carbs. I, I will mm. eat an entire pot of rice if you give it to me with some soy sauce. I'll eat the entire thing and enjoy it. Then I'll feel tired and sluggish afterwards. But how would you work that into your nutrition without feeling the urge to overdo it? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so what I like to do is something that's called if it fits your macros. So I go into okay. macros. Um, everybody's body is a little bit different. Everybody needs different macros and your macros are essentially how many calories, carbs, proteins, fats that you should be eating. And, you know, like I said, everybody is a little bit different. I wouldn't be eating the same thing as you, I'm sure. Cause I'm yeah. like a five foot three girl. Right. So I'm little and I'm a female and I have maybe a different type of lifestyle than you. Maybe I'm more active. Maybe I'm not, I don't know, but, um, all that comes into play. So once you find out your numbers, then, you know, just um, staying within that range, uh, it's really easy to do. Uh, with my clients, I will find their numbers. I'm like, hey, just uh, let's hit, and we'll work on different things at different periods of time as just their goal. I normally start them off with their goal is just, hey, let's just, you know, hit your calorie goal. And let's okay. focus around having whole foods as the majority of our foods. If you want to have a treat every now and then, that's fine. But you notice once you have those numbers there, you can't really af uh, afford with your with your calorie number to have these treats because they tend to be hundreds of calories. So then you're like, well, if I'm getting my three healthy meals in a day, uh, mm -hmm. th that gives me so many calories left over. And if I want to have a treat, it's got to stay, it's got to be like, you know, a hundred calories or 200 calories. And maybe that's just like a piece of candy or something like that. And then you're good for the day. So you kind of weigh it out and you kind of learn over time. Obviously there's going to be a learning curve. So having some sort of accountability there um, is really great so that you just stick to it. Cause that could mm -hmm. be with anything new, you know, there's that learning curve and then you want to give up when you feel like you're not doing perfect. And it's not about being perfect from the get go. It's about just, with any kind of tool, anything, any new skill that you learn, you, the more you do it, the better you become at it. So after a period of time of eating in this kind of way, based around what your body needs, uh, you kind of subconsciously remember, because, you know, it takes like, what would it say, like 21 days to create a habit, 90 days to create a lifestyle for at least 90 right. days, do that, eat in that kind of way. And it's, you kind of just remember and you know how it feels to be properly nourished with protein, carbs, fats, calories, etc. cetera. Um, I, I don't, like you said, I don't throw like my clients or myself into a huge deficit. I do something small because you do need a deficit to lose weight. Um, that's just how it is, mm. but you don't have to go to the extreme to where you're starving yourself. You could do it in a very small amount to where you're losing weight. And that set point that you're talking about, uh, that can be moved a little bit in a healthy yeah. way. So when mm -hmm. you go and you put yourself in a deficit, a small deficit, you're able to reset that set point lower and okay. lower versus being in too much of a deficit. You lose too much weight. You're eating too few calories and your set point hasn't had time to slowly decline with, you know, your new body weight that okay. then your body starts releasing more hormones like ghrelin, which is your hunger hormone. And it's just like, we need to eat. 
yeah. <laughs> or it might slow your metabolism down and thinking that you're, if you do it for an extended period of time like I don't know um maybe like a couple months like two three months and you're at this extreme deficit and you're just powering through even though you feel like you're starving then your metabolism will slow down because your body's like well the ghrelin isn't working the hormone isn't working to get you to eat more so maybe we are really starving and maybe we need to start preserving um body fat because we don't know when the next meal is going to be so then it starts slowing down your metabolism and it's a totally normal healthy thing that our body does i mean look at us back when we were hunters and gatherers we didn't know when our next meal was you know when we were chasing game yeah, sure. so we had to slow down our metabolism to preserve body fat um but we're no longer like that so we don't need to eat like that <laughs> yes oh absolutely the same thing goes with with mental health stuff that i talk with people about our brains are still trying to survive, you know, being chased after a saber-toothed tiger and not eating for days. And yet we don't live in that world anymore. We have we have a grocery store we can walk to or drive to. You know, we hopefully have a job that affords us the ability to buy the food we need. You know, we're relatively safe. You know, there's no mm -hmm. wild animals coming after us. <laughs> just, it, it exactly. Uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's definitely definitely to do it little by little i love that uh one thing i think it's definitely important to and i love how you put this out in your content too is be realistic and what your expectation is that that one pound a week is realistic don't mm -hmm. expect to drop a lot of weight fast it's not healthy for you there's a, an analogy that that was out there i it, it's really cool for it was that your body is like a ship on the ocean and a ship doesn't just make a hard turn right away it gradually starts to turn and turn and turn until it's going in its new direction. And that's what you got to kind of do with your body. Your body will start to drop the fat, build muscle, mm -hmm. you know, as you continue to, to eat the way that's good for your body. And, and as you continue to, to engage in the activity that's good for your body to help strengthen and, and condition it. Um, I have Absolutely. I was thinking I was asking, because I was thinking of asking you as well, because I know you work with these entrepreneurs. Do you see that a lot of your clients have mobility issues? especially like in their hips, their shoulders or posture? Mm, if anything, it's mostly um, because a lot of them actually, when it comes to real estate agents, they're walking a lot. So they do okay. get some posture problems there, but really it's just uh, in their lower back. And that goes more to the hamstrings because they're standing so much, their hamstrings uh, are tight. Okay. So they need to stretch out their hamstrings, their calves. Um, I would say women who wear heels regularly, you definitely need to stretch out your calves because that muscle is shortened just because of the heels. Mm -hmm. It throws off the rest of your posture, makes you not be able to get into a deep squat correctly um, because of that. I know some people who are at a desk a lot, they kind of get that that hunchback the the nerd back or whatever they have or the nerd neck nerd yep. neck I think it's called <laughs> whatever they call it nowadays I don't know um that really you just need to remember when you're sitting for extended periods of time being mindful every now and then like just standing up get a couple stretches in touch your toes stretch your back out it goes a long way. You think like, oh, that little thing, I'm not getting a deep, deep stretch. It's not going to do anything. It really does uh, a lot. 
and stretching first thing in the morning too for anybody because just like if you're sitting at a computer for hours your body is getting used to being in that position you know you're sleeping uh sleeping is like a workout too because you're just in that position for hours so you need to stretch your body out from however you sleep we all have our weird sleep position so (laughs) just think about that if you're standing or sitting in that position for a long time like what what does that do I know for myself like I sleep weird like I sleep in like my legs are like the figure four so like one leg is like I'll point it so my whenever I stretch my legs one leg is always looser than the other and Uh, one is really tight yeah and it kind of throws off my if I didn't stretch regularly um sometimes I have those periods of times that I don't I could feel it like my hips are thrown off and I feel it in my lower back and you know our whole bodies are connected so when one thing is not aligned it affects the rest of our body so let's say like your upper back is um you know you're it's hunched because you know you're just at a computer all day so that's throwing off the rest of your body therefore you know your abs might be really tight those need to be stretched out your your legs might end up being um you know tight as well like your hamstrings tight because you're sitting in that position and this affects when you do any kind of regular movement throughout the day you know if you just go to pick up something the wrong way that's when people like really end up hurting themselves like you see these crazy injuries from just picking up a kid or or picking up something off the ground just because their bodies are not you know aligned where they need to be one muscle is tight one muscle is loose when you think about it like this way if the back of you is tight the front of you is going to be loose and you know vice versa right. uh it all needs to be aligned so yoga is super important it's something that a lot of us definitely don't focus on and it doesn't even have to be like some crazy yoga session where you're like upside down or anything like that <laughs> just some basic stretching you know five minutes in the morning, five minutes in the evening goes a long way uh, for just your overall, you know, health, getting up, not having those aches and pains uh, when you're moving around. And it becomes more and more important as we age as well, which kind of goes into just recovery in general. Oops, sorry, I'm getting all these notifications. Okay, Uh, just recovery in general. As we get older, we need to focus more and more on recovery and recovery. I just mean getting proper sleep so that our body can recover from the workouts, from our work day, uh, stretching, breaking up, you know, all that stress, all the lactic acid that's in our muscles. Um, some people, they have access to a sauna. Those are amazing. Um, getting the blood flow going because when our muscles are tight, when we're, having bad posture you know those tight muscles it's we have a bunch of what's called lactic acid built up in there Mm -hmm. and it actually it forms in what we call knots right little balls that's actually little balls of lactic acid and when they're there is that like the tension you feel or you feel down like you're usually for me it's like the back or neck yes exactly Uh, sometimes when people are working out they go I feel that knot or something like that and they try to break it up it's a, a ball of lactic, lactic, I can't talk, lactic acid. Okay. And um, what will happen is 
when that's there for a very long time, our, our body actually starts to form differently. Muscle grows around it. And oh, wow. that's when we really start feeling the posture problems because our body is just, you know, it's growing differently now, especially when you're working out and if you work out regularly and you don't break up those balls, you're building new muscle around all this, all this old lactic acid that hasn't been broken up. So that will give you more posture problems in the future. So that's something definitely to to focus on is recovery and then also when we have all these balls of lactic acid it kind of messes with our blood flow to that muscle so we want to have mm -hmm. so we want to have proper blood flow so recovery is just about getting our body aligned where it needs to be um having that proper blood flow because having proper blood flow is super important that's how our body carries nutrients all throughout our body so to be healthy, we need to have good blood flow. Okay. Uh, there's something I saw, and uh, maybe uh, you can explain it to me. It's that roller trend where people are rolling their muscle. Is that similar to what they're trying to do too? Like break up that knot with like they use like a foam oh, yes. roller? Or... Yes, those are amazing. I love them. <laughs> I've never tried it. I've always wanted to try. I see people do that with like their, you know, their legs. And I don't know how to do it on the rest of your body. I've seen them with the lats and like rolling their lats on it. Well, I've mm-hmm. gotten the knots before. I didn't think about like your muscle growing around the knot and actually affecting the way you move. Like that's kind of Oh, crazy. yes. I mean, it makes sense when you actually think about it, but it's something you don't think about until it's like brought up. You're like, yeah, if it's just there and you're building more of them and more of them, of course the muscle fibers are going to grow differently around them because they're just sitting there. But um yeah, the, the foam rollers, they're really great at targeting knots that are deep down. Usually okay. they're used on um, muscles that are big muscles like your legs, just because it's hard to really get deep down in there. Uh, the back tends to be an area that a lot of people do it just because we we get a lot of tension there. Tension also forms um, these balls of lactic acid, by the way, as well. Um, so the back is always an area where a lot of people hold a lot of tension. So it's great at just breaking it down. And when you do it, um, let's say you're foam rolling, because there is a correct way to foam roll. And a lot of people don't think about it. They just roll like wherever. Uh, You're supposed to find one of those little areas of lactic acid, the the tense areas that kind of hurt a little bit, but in a, a good way. And once you find that area, for about 30 seconds, you just want to shimmy over it, go back and okay. forth. And um, you're pretty much, you know, breaking it up. That's the goal. And you do that for about 30 seconds. And then, you know, you'll feel the difference. Like you'll feel a little bit looser. Um, might be something that you have to continually work at if it's been there for a good amount of time and you haven't really focused on breaking up the lactic acid in your back. Um, but I will say that if you do a good session, just breaking it up and you feel like you made some serious progress on, you know, all that, all the, the muscle fibers and breaking up the lactic acid, make sure that you drink a lot of water afterwards because um, it's excreted through our urine. So it will make you lactic acid. It makes you feel sore. So we want to flush it out of the body as fast as possible okay. so that you don't feel very sore. So drinking lots of water, flushing it out. Water after. 
Yeah. <laughs> good, good to know because I would do it and not do that. I drink a lot of water anyways, so probably would end up okay just because it's a habit. Yeah. But other people, on the other hand, they might end up hurting afterwards. But you got to drink a lot of water anyways because you're on carnivore also. <laughs> yes. And electrolytes too. Uh, that's the other yeah. thing. Uh, so salt, I'll do um, Epsom salt baths because it's magnesium. So that mm -hmm. it gets absorbed into the skin. Same thing, there's a no salt, which is potassium chloride. So I get potassium. That's and good. Then, that's really good. Yeah, I try to make sure all of that's there. If not, sometimes I'll break it and drink. Uh, you ever see body armor? Um, it's like a sport drink. supplement, right? It's a sport drink. It's it's kind of oh, like in the Gatorade okay. aisle, but I think it's better okay. than Gatorade because it wanted to be- A lot is better than Gatorade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh yeah. Uh, it's it's base is coconut water. Oh, that's nice. And there's I no like added that. sugar. So coconut water oh, is well, really coconut great. Coconut water is great because I like coconut water. And that, in my opinion, when I saw the nutrient profile on it, I was like, why aren't athletes drinking this instead of Gatorade? It's potassium, sodium, you know, sulfur, magnesium, like this is loaded Marketing. with electrolytes. Yeah. <laughs> Manganese, like, like this is way better than the like the two percent of your daily value potassium you get per serving of mm -hmm. Gatorade and then all the sugar. Yes. And it's uh, much more natural. Uh, when things are natural versus added in there, you know, you might be like, oh, the Gatorade has all this like added nutrients. Well, our body, our body just uh, absorbs and processes things that are natural much totally. more efficiently than things that are added in that are not natural. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, cause it's, you were talking about it before, the more processed it is, your body's not mm -hmm. used to what that is. It doesn't know what it is. So it tries to figure it out. And sometimes it ends up just turning it into waste and that you either end up peeing it out or whatever in the bathroom. And that's mm -hmm. it, or you sweat it out later and it never actually goes into your body to be used. But some of the, the sources of magnesium we use are the, on our multivitamin, you go get an over-the-counter multivitamin adult formula. You look at the magnesium in it, it uses uh, magnesium oxide generally. And I looked it up, the absorbability of magnesium oxide is less than 2%. Yeah. And I said, okay, well, how much of, of our daily value is in there? And it's like 2%. I'm like, so you're getting less than 2% of your daily magnesium from your multivitamin. So you need, mm -hmm. you know, fish would probably be a good source, you know, other vegetables. That Dark are leafy magnesium. greens. Yeah. Yep, green leafy greens, spinach, kale. I haven't had kale. Mushrooms. Else. Mushrooms, I love mushrooms. I love mushrooms. Uh, nuts and seeds. Nuts and seeds, yeah. That's another That's another weak point for me. I would eat a whole jar of it. I would go through, <laughs> like, almonds, cashew, like, cashews. Yeah, I would go through, like, walnuts, like it was nothing. And they're super high fats. And then I'm, you end up mm -hmm. putting on the calories. But, yeah, I love, I love nuts. They're always a good source. Uh, Brazil nuts, too, I heard are really uh, healthy for you. Oh, yes. They're high in selenium, which is great for your thyroid. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so something else I was thinking about, too, um, in preparation for this was like performance of exercise. We talked about adding more activity. That's something that I think everyone should do. Uh, David Goggins had his thing where he was like, you know, put a pull up bar in the doorway. And every time you walk through it, do pull ups and then go mm -hmm. back just finding ways of sneaking it in. But one thing I saw a trend, I don't know if you've noticed as well, is where people aren't performing or showing the performance of the exercise correctly. And if you were to try to just do it on your own, you could end up in an injury later on 
and I have a personal story about I'll share with you after we get your opinion, but I hurt my back essentially for doing mm-hmm. the exercise wrong for over 30 years. <laughs> oh, wow. <sighs> but do you see that happening at all? Um, I mean, when I work out like myself at the gym, I see people performing things a little funky mm-hmm. and there's always like that hesitation. Like, do I go up to them and tell them they're performing it wrong or mm-hmm. not? Because like some people, they don't like people who come off as know-it-alls or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously there's, you could tell them in, in a kind way, but a lot of people, when they feel that you're just telling them oh you're doing something wrong it goes in one ear and out the other Mm -hmm. but it's always important to make sure that you're doing proper form with your workouts especially the the big lifts but just like you said how you progress to bigger lifts like that it's all progression so don't go straight into the big you know deadlifts or even you know barbell squats if that's intimidating for you you want to get comfortable with something that is a similar movement um, before you go to the bigger ones because a lot of the times when people aren't performing things correctly it's because they're not ready for it yet Mm -hmm. Uh, they haven't built up the muscles for those big big movements for example um, let's say a just a barbell squat so when you have that big old barbell on your back and you're squatting down um, if you haven't really squatted before you know there's going to be certain things that are tight like for example say okay. the lady with the the, the heels um, she's got tight calves she can't get down to a full squat just because her calves are too tight now if she were to okay. work on squats starting off with bodyweight squats, then dumbbells, kettlebells, whatever. And these calves end up loosening up and going to the proper form, proper range of motion before she got to the bigger lift. Um, she won't hurt herself. So it's always good to start off small and making sure that you master proper form of that exercise before you move up to like the next level. That's um, always important. There should be a little bit of whenever you try any kind of new workout or new um, PR, you know, weights or whatever, some little bit of hesitation there, like a little bit of nervousness, but nothing to where it's like, oh, I'm scared that I'm going to hurt myself. Um, Just to show that, you know, we are pushing ourselves, we're still challenging ourselves. So there's like that slight nervousness, but nothing to where it's like, so nervous that, you don't know if you're going to make it or not through that workout. Um, Definitely. We don't want anyone getting injured here. Please play it safe. Yes, exactly. Uh, So always make sure that you've, you feel completely confident and you mastered it before you move on to the next thing. Like if you're just doing a goblet squat with a kettlebell and it almost feels boring because it's just so easy for you. Um, You know, one, you could either, increase the weight or mm-hmm. you could change the reps or there's different ways to get these variations in or maybe you know you're ready to do something a little bit more challenging um don't be afraid to ask for help when you're at the gym from any of the personal trainers don't think that just because you're not you haven't hired them that they won't help you they definitely will help you i'm sure okay. uh, at any gym they want to make sure that no one's getting hurt 
first and foremost, yes. you know? Um, yes. So don't ever be afraid to ask for help. I feel like in this society, it was almost like ingrained into us that if we ask for help, we're considered weak or something of that nature. But it's quite the opposite. You know, those who ask for help, uh, you know, people who reach out and hire mentors, coaches, et cetera, those are the ones that really exceed in life. So asking for help is not a bad thing. Uh, obviously there's YouTube videos and everything like that, but I would still just, just ask, um, anyone at your gym who knows what they're doing, a professional, if you're really nervous about something and you're not sure. I mean, I even sometimes ask for other trainers to, to critique my form. If I feel like I'm not doing something correctly, if I'm going a little heavy on a lift, I'm like, Hey, like, I feel like I'm doing this right. But sometimes, uh, another person's point of view is, is great to have so yeah that's, that's I mean, so powerful something i learned and i'm still learning about uh, entrepreneurship because it doesn't just extend to athletics and and fitness but it's it's a lifelong principle that you just brought up to ask for help when you need it or if you don't know something even if you do know it it's like you were saying you know how to do the lifts properly but if you don't feel like it's quite you know, you're doing a heavier weight you go hey watch me make sure I'm doing everything okay because we can't see ourselves from the outside to see that and one of the the fitness things that blew my mind I didn't even think about when I started lifting heavy again was that uh the bar path for a squat should be straight up and down (laughs) and I'm like I had no idea because I figured you just squat down you stand up I've been doing it like that for (laughs) years no one ever told me or the one where I injured my back I used to do leg lifts for your lower abdominals um, okay. I would do it with weight and I would not hollow my back out. Oh, wow. And so when I became too weak to do the leg lift, of course, your body loves to compensate by shifting to other muscles, sometimes when you're not aware of it. And mm-hmm. so I started using more of my hip flexors, which ties to your lower back. And then the lever arm of doing the exercise was putting more strain on my lower back. So when I hit 32, one day I'm at work and I'm sitting up against the wall and I crossed my leg and I could not cross it. There was pain shot right at my spine. Oh, wow. All because I was doing it incorrectly for years. And all of this because that's what I thought you did. You lay on the ground, you lift your legs up and put them down. But learning to do mm-hmm. the exercise properly, if I learned to flatten my back out so that that small is not arched, that would have, that would have prevented me from getting injured completely. I would have had no back issues at all. And then she ended up seeing a wow. chiropractor who cured that and fixed it. But now I'm much more, I'm much more aware of that I'm doing the exercise. Even like with push-ups, I would shift sometimes the weight to my shoulders and triceps when my pecs got mm-hmm. too weak. But you can't do that. You're cheating the exercise and you can <laughs> cause yourself some, especially if I were to go into a bench press and mm-hmm. do it under a heavy load and I try to shift the weight that way, you can end up hurting your shoulder, you know, end up with elbow issues. There's yes, a, it's always important to ask for help especially uh those who have been working out for a while they you know have that ego like I've been Mm -hmm. doing this for a minute I don't need help or or maybe they're like even to some degree like afraid that people will look at them differently if they Mm -hmm. ask for help if they're like already looked at as the fitness person um but that's just you getting in your own way really yes so 
it's never a bad thing to ask for help and just make sure you're doing things properly because like you said you could injure yourself really badly and uh the back is never a fun place to injure yourself (laughs) put me out for two or three weeks wow and so that's something for our listeners to keep in mind when you do any type of workout routine like if you get injured it can put you out of training for a while and ultimately at the end of the day what's going to lead you to your goals is consistency over time so if you get injured and you have to take weeks off you're going to start back a couple steps maybe even more you know we were talking about how i took uh, six months off of working out, I was doing weighted pull-ups. I was doing 18 with 35 pounds on me. I could barely crank out four now. That's oh, wow. how much strength I lost by not being physically active. So I've started my routine and just like you should, and anyone starting a new routine, start small. I started with five pound weights. I'm not even doing pull-ups. Mm-hmm. I'm just doing rows, like uh, Australian rows. Mm-hmm. So it's not as much weight and I'm going to work back into getting that back that strength. And then I'll eventually yeah. crank it up. So I'm just adding a little bit every session. Uh, I do it by myself, but I recommend everybody to get a coach. So if they can hire you to get on there, do you do online coaching as well as like in person? Or what does the majority of your coaching look like? I do, I do online. Um, okay. And it just works much more efficiently this way because of the people that I work with, you know, you can't, your schedule is different every single day. It's hard to meet the same you know, time exactly every single day. Uh, And usually what you really need is to have that support, that accountability. A lot of people, they know how to work out. Obviously you want proper form. I have instructional videos. All of that is taken care of. There's there's no no hiccup there ever. Um, It's just really the consistency because that's what's going to get you those results and having a program that's structured for you and based around you and your lifestyle versus the other way around. Um, too often do we try to like fit our, like our life around like the new diet or the new whatever, but it should be the other way around. It should fit naturally into your lifestyle as it is. Uh, obviously there's gonna be a little bit, you know, learning curves that need to be made, but it shouldn't be something so drastic to where it just is unrealistic. Right. So um, yes, everything I do is hundred percent online. The only live portion of what I do is when it comes to the coaching calls. So I do coaching and I make sure that everybody gets, you know, that one-on-one attention that they need to grow, uh, as an individual, you know, mentally, physically. So you know what you're doing. Um, if there's any attention that needs to be looked at in your program, we can do that things of that nature. Okay. All right. So yeah, everyone who's listening right now, like if you need a coach, low hanging fruit, Mm -hmm. Jocelyn is here, reach out to her. I'd like to ask you a couple personal questions before we wrap things up. We've gone on, covered a lot of different topics, stuff that I love. (laughs) I watch this stuff in my spare time. If you want, if people see some of the things I look at, it's like neurology and psychology, then it's like health, fitness, and then cooking stuff. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just a weird mix of things and then business obviously we always do business stuff so it sounds like what I what I listen to too <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I love psychology though I love psychology yeah it's, it's such a big part of our everyday life for health mm-hmm. and fitness and for entrepreneurship and they kind of they really do go hand in hand they really do go hand in hand because both in in uh fitness or even athletics too like one of the reasons I love martial arts is because if I got punched in the face it's only one person to blame 
because <laughs> I didn't put my hands up. So yeah, the same thing with your working out. Like if I'm not as strong today, it's something I was doing. Either I didn't, I wasn't fueled the right way and eat the right things. I didn't rest or recover enough. You know, there's always something to look at that you're doing so you can get better. And the same in entrepreneurship. If your business is not running the way you want it to run, if the answer's in the mirror and it does, you're not always going to like doing that, but that's the only way we get better. And I love, yes, but there's some big parallels there. I think everyone can take away from that. I was listening to someone uh, yesterday speak and it sounds harsh, but he was saying, you know, it's all on you. It is Mm -hmm. wherever you're at in life. It's all on you. It's your fault or it's not, but the good thing about that, and it sounds really harsh when you think about it at first, but the good thing about that is it is all on you. You have the power to change your life. There's no outside force. It is all on you, wherever you're at. If you know, you're not where you want to be with your fitness, with your business, with relationships, with whatever in life, it's all on you. Like you have the power to change that. That's so funny. Cause it's very similar to a saying that I came up with probably like for myself. And then I've, I share it with some people like maybe about two years or so ago. Because if I tell you something's your fault and that doesn't excite you, you've got a problem. <laughs> exactly. Because if it's your fault, it means you can change it. And that should make mm-hmm. you excited. It means you can do something different. Yeah, There's you have the power to change that. Yep. And it reminds me too, a mentor I had many years ago, he told me to look around you. He goes, look at like, wherever you are, just stop, look around you. He says, everything you have, everything that's surrounding you is the direct result of the person you've become. Mm-hmm. I was like, dang, when he told me that, like, I was like, they hit me like a wall. I was like, okay, let me start really taking inventory of what's going on it's and true. where I want things to go. Yeah, it's so true because uh, whatever role model that you look up to, you know, they're human too. The only difference is they, they make different choices when they wake up in the morning. Yeah, no, that's totally true. So true. So let's get into a couple of personal questions and we'll wrap it up. Alrighty. Uh, so you've selected a couple out here. We didn't really hit the business ones. We touched on a lot of health and fitness stuff. I think it's very important to, yeah. for all of us to know and then to have our, our real estate crowd figure out how to work that in. Uh, I always suggest that they reach out to you personally, everyone. You are spotlighted in our newsletter for April. So there'll be contact information oh, you. or subscribe to our newsletter and get that. So uh, first question is, uh, what is your favorite child memory? Okay, so, and I don't know, I was just like, whatever first pops up in my head, I will answer this. So the first thing that popped up in my head, and I have, I love, love, love dogs for some reason. I just have such a fascination with them. And I guess one of my favorite childhood memories is going to, I'm a military child, so we traveled a lot, uh, but we always found a way to go see my grandmother in Georgia. And I remember she, so she's a dog trainer and she was like really big in her field of training dogs. And it's, it's funny because I'm like, I'm a people trainer now, but anyway, so, (laughs) (laughs) um, but yeah, so I'm like, maybe there's something that runs in the family there, but I just remember as a kid, I would just, uh, I just loved all the dogs. I would like even go on like all fours and walk around with them and everything. Oh my God. But I remember I would just like sleep with all the, and like looking back now, I'm like, ew, but, but you know, as a kid, you, you don't yeah. think about germs and all that, but I just, that's the first thing that popped up in my head. So I'm like, I'm just going to roll with it. I love animals. And it was always great. 
seeing family and um I never guess I never realized that like, like the connection there the whole training thing I'm like she was yeah. really great at what she did in training and like now I'm training as well so that's maybe there, there, there's a knack there that we just there, well there has to be you're having success with it you're building up your your business you're building up your following um mm -hmm. military is there a particular branch yes my father was in the the army so okay. we you uh spent time and in he was, dicks? It, no I haven't uh that's where there, I grew we were... up like literally down the shooting ranges from Fort Dix oh really <laughs> Yeah. No, we actually didn't go anywhere too far north. Um, okay. Missouri, uh, North Carolina. We're mostly in Europe a lot, actually. Oh, that had to be um, awesome. I'm sure it was, but I was a kid, so I didn't get to have uh, all the fun. I know, I know. I'm like, ah, I got to go back now. But <laughs> my my youth or teens was like in Missouri when there was literally nothing out there but woods. I'm like, oh, man, I didn't get the fun places when I was growing up but you know as a kid I played soccer there and uh had a big passion for soccer and sports and everything all started there so that was that was really cool I will say that but yes um being a military child does make you really close to family so I will say that, that that's a benefit there yeah I don't have the experience of the moving around because we weren't military we were locals but I have the experience mm -hmm. of multiple friends coming in and out classes meeting new friends all the time because they ended up going to our our local township schools it's tough <laughs> yeah it was tough I lost a lot of I mean like I have a best friend I'm like hey we're moving to Indiana my my dad got transferred I'm like oh man you mm -hmm. another friend go yeah that it can be rough but it was definitely interesting because Fort Dix was never gated before 9-11 so Fort Dix and McGuire really? are kind of in the same area there's an air force base there and mm -hmm. we were able to drive right on the base I could drive wow. to the end of the landing strip of McGuire and sit there on a car and watch the plane plane. Not, not anymore. You definitely no, not anymore. Yeah. in jail for that. <laughs> well, as soon as, as soon as 9-11 occurred, they locked up the base pretty fast. Yeah. So, and it's, and it's continued to be locked up, but I, I didn't know that other bases weren't like that. Most my friend who was, he was in the Marines. He said, yeah, a lot of our bases in the U S are gated. He's like McGuire and Fort Dix were one of the only ones that really wasn't. You could just drive on. It was cool seeing the tanks that they retired and kind of set out there with like memorial sites. Oh, that's cool. It, it was neat. though, unfortunately. They, they still have the shooting ranges and they train down where my dad lives. And I definitely mm -hmm. don't miss hearing them shooting at 5 a.m. Oh, my goodness. Grenades. <laughs> and throwing grenades. Oh, yeah, I, I don't miss that. Da, 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 boom, and the whole house shakes. And don't miss that. Oh, wow. Well, I definitely share your uh, love Luckily, we, we never lived on base. So oh, thank God. That oh, was okay, kind of, good. Good for you. He was, uh, he was on the medical side. So okay. there's also that. Yeah. So got grandmother was trainer. Father was like me Bam. medical. <laughs> Put them together. Yeah, you, you are the mix. Yeah, I guess so, right? <laughs> you are the mix. So let's move on to the, the next one here. How would your parents, this is almost sounds like a loaded question, but how would your parents describe you? Hope your parents aren't listening. Oh, I know. They probably, I don't know. They might be because I'm in the middle of moving. So I'm actually in their house. Um, oh, no. I know. <laughs> um, I think usually they describe me and, well, they describe, they're very proud of me. And I, I'm very grateful and thankful of 
having all that attention from them, but it does make things a little uh, challenging being the child that's the golden child pretty much. But, okay. um, you know, they're very proud of me and I'm happy about that, but sometimes I feel as if they don't exactly know what I do. Um, okay. and it's hard to explain just being any kind of entrepreneur, right? Like yes. to explain what you do, it takes a lot of time. Uh, so normally I, I often hear them, they're like, oh, she's a personal trainer. I'm like, I'm not a personal trainer. <laughs> right. I'm like, I'm a coach. There's a difference, but, um, not a lot of people understand that because a personal trainer just works you out. Right. Uh, yeah. they're at the gym with you doing the workouts, but a coach, does much more like obviously I do not I obviously do the workouts but you know the nutrition as well uh, right. the accountability mindset work you know building helping you build a healthy relationship with food obviously we talked a lot about the psychology behind that so I do a lot of stuff in that realm yeah, uh, as well as the teaching too because that teaching you why you're doing what you're doing so that you don't inevitably repeat old behaviors mm-hmm is important as well and you know I have also built a pretty solid community within my members so running community events on top of that so there's a whole range of things that go into what I do other than just being you know a personal trainer so a lot of times people um and I feel like that's very common for any kind of entrepreneur that's doing something that's not uh so well known I would say Mm -hmm. like obviously like a real estate entrepreneur most people have a a grasp ish on what you do maybe not fully all the things that you do yeah Uh, sort of I would say agents people understand but investors yeah and it gets a little (laughs) mixy people are like especially for me I do notes so I buy private Uh mortgages my dad has no clue what that means exactly like people they they just don't get it it's not like uh it's not like I'm a plumber okay obviously you know what a plumber does yeah, yeah. it's like because it, being an entrepreneur it means you have to wear so many different hats you know absolutely and oh, yeah. <laughs> people just they don't understand all that goes into it I, I was about to say aside from doing the coaching where you have mindset involved nutrition you have the the workout routine the accountability you also are a businesswoman, so you have profit, you have expenses, you have marketing, promotion. Yes, and it's, marketing, it's, the big hat there. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's why I hire out, because yeah. I would not understand that whatsoever. I, I hire out for mine. Um, that's that's the only way to do it, the shortcut. I have you know my colleague mm-hmm. Jerome tell me, here's what you got to do, Scott. Here's, gotta, here's what you got to post. Here's what you got to have done. And I just go, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I make sure I, I get it done. Otherwise, I wouldn't know. I would be very similar to people trying to jump into health and fitness on their own. So much information on there, you don't know where where to start. You need a coach like you or someone mm-hmm. with experience to say, okay, here's where we're going to start and then work them through. That's what he does for me with marketing. Exactly. And <laughs> exactly. So that you don't make the mistakes. That's why you hire people to teach you what what to do I mean I even hired my own coach to teach me what I'm doing so well on the business front but it's always important to invest in yourself because that's all it is it's an investment into yourself Mm -hmm. it's going to benefit you in the long term and inevitably make you more money as well taking care of your health will make you more money because 
you'll have more energy, you'll have more confidence, you'll be able to just go longer periods of time, uh, you'll be able to focus better, mm-hmm. complete bigger tasks in a short amount of time, productivity, all of that. Yes, that's so true. And um, that's something I'm sure you come across a lot with your clients is that there's a sympathetic relationship or a harmonious relationship between your mind and your body. And if your body is not, you know, in good shape, your mind's going to be a mess. Mm-hmm. Your productivity is going to suffer because you can't focus. You're, you're not, you're not nourished. You're, you know, you haven't been doing what you need, say like for your heart health, you're not breathing. Mm-hmm as efficiently as you could so it was like your vo2 max sort of thing like your oxygen efficiency like that that all plays into how your brain works it all you know especially when you eat we talked about the gut issue too like most of your serotonin is produced in the gut so then it goes to your brain and serotonin elevates mm-hmm. mood it stabilizes your wakefulness and your sleeping cycle you know it it's responsible for impulse control as well uh so there's there's a lot of things are that get pushed into our brains from what we eat and how we treat our bodies. And absolutely, we, we, we function a whole lot differently that way. So that's, I'm big on that one, trying to, to maximize both if I can. Uh, so mm-hmm. we, uh, you did answer this question in our last one, but I think you have a different uh, example or answer for this time around. If you could go back to your 18 year old self, what's one piece of advice that you would give yourself? Oh, okay. So I would say... I think last time I focused more on weight loss and because I had a, that was around the time that I had my struggle with weight loss or my my story. Um, but I would also tell myself to not doubt myself and to really just how do I put this? At the time, I cared so much about what people thought about me. And, okay. Um, I think it's important to just love yourself. And when you do that, everything just falls into place. Um, really just focusing on, and I'm not trying to sound cheesy, like you could accomplish anything you you set your mind to, but it's so true. You really can accomplish anything. Like I put so many limitations on myself, like, mm-hmm. For example, I never thought that I could get into nonprofit work and and I am now. And it was something I've always wanted to do, but I'm like, oh, I can never do that. But really like any limitation that we set on ourselves, like who told us that? Who told us we can't do what what we want to do? You could accomplish anything you want to do. And that's probably one of the great things about living in this country is that we literally could do whatever we want to do there's no limitation there obviously there's going to be you know different roadblocks for different people different Mm -hmm. things you got to get over but generally speaking you can accomplish and become whoever you want to become there's nothing no nothing holding you back like who told you you have to be unhealthy and fat and wherever you're at with your life right who told Mm -hmm. you you can't become super fit who who told you you can't become the ceo of this company who told you you can't make this much money like they're all things that we set on ourselves and i think i set so many limitations on myself i always thought that i couldn't do this or that or that but i really had to change that language in my head okay. and reverse it to where i'm like i can do that like 
why couldn't I? Why couldn't I? I don't know, just speaking. Why couldn't I run a marathon? Like, who told me I can't do that? <laughs> like, right. so often do we limit ourselves? And I think that it really, it was just a big thing for me. Mindset was such a huge thing for me around that time. I just cared too much about what people thought about me. And I I would just go back and tell, tell myself to like, wake up, honestly, like, like, there's nothing holding me back from accomplishing what I want to do. And I created my company two years ago. And I'm, it's crazy the amount of growth that I've experienced just as an individual, as a human being in the past two years, since I stopped limiting myself and just went for it, you know, even though it was scary and, you know, I'm like, oh, what if like I fail, uh, you know, just go for it, go. Cause if it's something that you're passionate about, you're going to be, you're going to put the time in, you're going to be good at it. Obviously mm-hmm. just don't jump into something without a plan, because if you don't go into right. anything without a plan, um, how are you going to be successful? But if you're very strategic, very structured about what you're going to do, it's not going to feel like work and you're going to want to do it. And it would just be to, to not limit myself based upon, you know, what I think people will look at me or what I feel my limitations are because you have no limitations. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. 100%. I struggled with it myself, what people think or, or limitations that I thought that I had. And I know a lot of people listening to this will have gone either gone through the same thing or if they're just starting to get into it now, they probably are starting to go through that. Uh, a lot of it will come from your friends and family too. Some of the, mm-hmm. the naysaying or the doubts. And I've learned Or that, imposter syndrome. Like you think you're not uh-huh. like, who am I kidding? Like, I'm not this person. I had that before when I first started as well. But I'm like, really, I'm like, I'm becoming that person though. Like, it's just a matter yeah. of time until I become that person. Like, uh, you have it in you, you know, maybe you're not where you want to be but you're not where you were anymore and you're on the right path you have to believe that you are on the right path for yourself and you're going to get there in time it all takes time no one you know became a millionaire or wherever they're at with their business overnight it all Mm -hmm. took a lot of time a lot of hard work to develop into that person you know yeah yeah definitely it's it's almost like you have to wait for your brain to catch up. Like you're doing the yeah. action, but your brain is still like, wait, what are you doing? This is not, this is <laughs> not who we are. You're not this, you're not this guy. Uh, my, my best friend, I've known him since I was nine. Uh, mm-hmm. He just got his uh, EdD, his doctorate of education. So now he's doctor. Boom, boom, boom. He's oh, like, wow. He's, he's got imposter syndrome. He was telling me over lunch yesterday. He's like, he's not going to call himself by that title. He's like, I don't, uh, he doesn't see himself that way. But mm-hmm. like you are, you did the work, you did, you, you, you know, presented it, you've got approved. Like, this is you now. Like, so you gotta, <laughs> you gotta kind of, you gotta learn to live it. And then one of the, something that you brought up, uh, I hope people will go look it up later. There's a, a guy I follow, he's a neuroscientist, ophthalmologist, his name's Andrew Huberman. You ever heard of him? Uh, I'm not too familiar. He's, uh, he has a lab at Stanford University. And he does okay. a lot, he's a long podcast. They go two hours, three hours plus. 
And, but he goes under the neuroscience of things like motivation or getting over trauma, fear, or pursuing things, even though you're, uh, you're afraid. He goes over things like strength and conditioning, fat loss, and like the hormonal. He gets, he can get pretty technical, but then he tries to always have some like practical things people can do. And I was listening to the one on motivation and drive and focus. And he said that one of the keys to doing that is to, to reward yourself for those goals, not with an outside reward, but by telling yourself, I'm on the right path. Kind of like you were just saying, like, I'm doing that. Mm -hmm. This is where I need to go. Because that intrinsic reward is what actually keeps you going. He found that there's like the study done where they took kids that genuinely like to draw. And then they started mm -hmm. giving them a gold star every time they drew. And then out of nowhere, they stopped giving them the gold star. The kids stopped drawing and they started not liking it anymore. So when they transfer that reward from inside of them to outside of them, they were actually able to stop them from enjoying an activity, which could be a useful tactic if you hate someone and you want them to stop. <laughs> you don't want them to be competition anymore. Be like, oh, just reward yeah. them when they do it and then stop. But Have you heard of Sean Anker? No. Oh, he he uh, uses positive psychology. And he graduated from... Um, top of his class from from harvard uh oh, i love his books but um, i think you would really like him he, um he's all about using positive psychology to you know make more money to do better in the workplace to just be successful in any facet of your life you know something that stuck out for to me was we have this mindset that if we work really hard, you know, then we'll be happy, but it's actually the other way around. It's if we focus on happiness, success is a byproduct of that. And I think that just resonated with me so much. So, so that whenever I do my weekly or monthly um, calendar, you know, setting in the things that need to be done, I always, I even have a tab for it labeled fun and I right. center everything around that. So, or even at like yearly, if I have any events that I want to go to, you know, travel plans, whatever, that's the first thing I put in my calendar before work, okay. um, centering around fun, because when you do it this way, you know, you're not burning yourself out because, you know, as an entrepreneur, you yeah, bust out those exactly yeah, <laughs> and they totally. don't last too long and they just they're like oh I'm just gonna grind really really hard and you know then I'll make all this money and then I'll have time to do this but uh actually it's the other way around when you focus more on happiness and relationships and things that promote happiness you are more productive with your work you produce better work you become a better leader a better CEO and that is where the focus should go into happiness. Yeah, that's, but. that's probably, I, I totally agree with that. The, uh, you know, the whole I'll be happy when ends up being a never ending moving goalpost exactly. and you never get there. So you end up just being I'll be fit. <laughs> I'll right? lose the weight when the, I yeah. do this. <laughs> Those that make the process or the journey, the reward mm -hmm. or what makes them happy are the ones that just keep going. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Taking care of yourself now, your health now, your happiness now. Because really your happiness is just like your mental health, right? Yeah. Taking care of that oh, now. Yeah. 
taking care of your your fitness now will make you more successful will make you reach that level of success much faster as well yeah i mean just like with a lot of our our health and and nutritional habits or mental hygiene happens to be atrocious, especially entrepreneurs uh. that are burning the candle at both ends. You know, mm -hmm. they're they're trashing themselves. Something that I found useful is if, to think about it that if I'm treating myself like this, how good am I to the people I care about? Exactly. Like if I'm worn out to the point where I can't function or I'm I, I don't even want to be around anybody, how helpful am I being to those around me? My colleagues as well. I'm very similar to you. I love helping people. So I always try to find ways to, to add value or to do something for them that they, they need done for, and they just don't have time. I'm like, I'll take it. No problem. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm, if I'm so tired and so worn out and out of energy, like I'm not going to be able to do any of that. And so I might as well just stay inside all day and be miserable. And it's not cool. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We need, we need the outside. Yes. Yes. We need human contact as well. I'm looking actually that guy up right now. So I'm going to have to look at his books. Are his books, the big, big potential, the happiness advantage. Yes. Before having, okay. Big, I'm, big or sorry. Uh, the happiness advantage is my favorite one, but right, I'm going to have yes. to check this out. So I got his website up right now. All right, Jocelyn, we're going to wrap it up then. I think, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. There was so much, so much useful information. I think our listeners will be able to, to take with them and hopefully be able to work that into their, their daily routines. Um, you know, we'll ask you to talk about, I know you do this again, but where can people connect with you online? And I highly suggest all of you do who are listening. Uh, Emma Booker for coaching. She has, I was looking at a free like 15 minute call that you offer. Is that right? Oh, yes. Um, and I even have uh, a resource that I can give out to y'all as well if y'all are interested in intermittent fasting because I do a lot of teaching on that I go really heavy into the science behind that so um, a great resource and it, it's just um, bit.ly I think backslash twice uh, dot com then uh, fasting formula guide I gotta okay. double check on that I'm gonna have to give you the resource That's okay, I need to double check all on that, that in the show notes <laughs> So our listeners can go right yes. into it and just click the link and, and that'll be But other good. than that, I'm on Instagram and Facebook as well. And I will once again, give you the links because my last name, y'all heard him try to pronounce that and he can't pronounce it. I think it. I got it this time. Uh, perfect. Uh, very close. The Hoviak. The Hoviak. Sorry. Did you say I forgot there was no kid. Yeah. But, and he's good at pronouncing names. So. I don't expect y'all to get my name right off the back. So I will definitely give you the links for my social media, but I will be on Facebook, Instagram, and I will give you the fasting formula guide as well, just as a free resource for me to you, just because awesome. Thank you so um, it's, it's really interesting stuff, you know, getting intermittent fasting, it saves you time. And that's what we need, right? Yes. Time. Yes. <laughs> and just so you guys know, when we talked about fasting, we typically know that means that you're not eating for a certain period, but you are getting your daily calorie goal in. You're not starving yes. yourself on intermittent fasting. So please don't think that's what it is. We'll have her guide up in the show notes so you can read through it in more detail and you understand it better. Um, so I just want to say thank you for coming on again. It's been a pleasure. Hopefully we can have you on again in the future, catch up to see what you're working on with the nonprofits. That would be awesome. Oh yes, I'm really gone. excited. <laughs> and to see how your business has grown because it looks like it's growing already. Hopefully you spread out like nationwide, that'd be awesome. Yes, exactly. There's nothing that 
know, is stopping me, just like there's nothing stopping y'all. Exactly. Uh, you know, I was kind of afraid about the nonprofit. I'm like, who am I like creating a nonprofit? Can I really do this? I'm just like, of course I can. Why couldn't yeah. I? Why couldn't I do it? So now I have a group of over a hundred women wanting to join. And I'm just like, wow, wow. this is really growing really fast. <laughs> it started wow. with three. That's only crazy. like only three months ago. <laughs> wow. So nothing can stop y'all. All right. Well, thank you. We're going to wrap it up for today, guys. I hope you all enjoyed. Please check Jocelyn out on social media and please keep a lookout in the show notes for that intermittent fasting, fasting starting guide. So that way you get an idea of what it is. As always, anything we talked about, check it over with your doctor as well. Highly recommend reaching yes. out to her for coaching or a coaching calls uh, on top of it, especially if you're just getting started. And even if you're seasoned, sometimes having someone to really analyze things from the outside and get you on the right path is exactly what you need. Don't think you have all the answers. Go to the experts, please. And with that, we'll <laughs> sign off, guys. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye. All right, bye.